I'll have the uh, the punchy hands with a side order of articulated crotch, thanks. Welcome. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 349. I'm Adam, and with me tonight are... Eddie. And Scotty. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Apple Music, and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Playmates Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Wave 1, the SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Kamehsenen, and the Mezco 112 Collective Dark Side Action Figure. Well, welcome back, guys. How are we all? Good. I am going to rant today. Oh, there's uh, ranting. There's ranting. But let's take good first, and we'll follow up with a side order of rant. Well, I'm good. The The world is pretty poopy, let's face it. You know, this is the first recording that we've had since the terrible Christchurch mosque shootings, and I'm still processing, and it's gross and horrible. But there's also goodness in seeing good in what's come out of people. So I'm just, I'm good. We're, I'm okay. And cool. yeah, rest of life is all happening and kind of seems super trivial by comparison. Mm. So, yeah. It's a great way to look at it. Yep. Yep. And Mr. Eddie. Well, I, I kind of feel bad for suggesting that I might be ranting now over uh, very minor things in the grand scheme. But um, yes, all... Uh, uh, love and support. To, that's what you, yeah. you, you, you. That's what you're actually saying. I have been inconvenienced. Been. Okay. Yes, so love but and, love uh, definitely love and support to all our uh, New Zealand uh, listeners out there. Um, but what, what I was going to do isn't anything on a major level. But I am going away this weekend to attend a uh, Bucks party or Bachelors party, uh, as they are sometimes known, and this is. Uh, for my good mate who I direct shows with. He originally comes from England and moved here just after he finished high school. We're uh, planning to go away for it, and his best man is his good friend from England who he really hasn't uh, spent a lot of time with or spoken to much uh, since he uh, moved here in sort of great detail uh, to know that he might have changed it. As a person, so for his Bucks weekend, uh, we got. Uh, he was sort of telling us uh, what he would like and what he wouldn't like, and he said he didn't want a traditional Bucks with like paintball and strippers and that type of thing. Uh, he'd prefer to just go away for a weekend, have some drinks with friends, and play some nerdy board games and stuff like that. So we get the Bucks party message from his best man from England and all the things that he's organised. And it was for paintball and strippers and mm. pretty much everything that uh, he didn't uh, <laughs> want to have. Uh, and credit to him, like that's an actual A plus effort to get these things organised from another country mm. uh, for here. And we just all assumed that uh, the groom had probably informed his best man the things that he wouldn't want at the Bucks party. Um, but I think he thought that it might have been one of the other groomsmen that was arranging it down here since the best man was coming uh, from England. So <laughs> we had to uh, politely tell the best man, like, 
A for effort, but we might need to change a couple of things and completely reorganize uh, Buck's party in pretty much uh, from Sunday afternoon for this weekend coming. So uh, we've managed to book a lovely house down by the seashore. Uh, now, even though he didn't want strippers, he seemed A-OK with uh, topless barmaids. So we even managed to find a topless barmaid at this small uh, country seaside town uh, to come and work. But trying to organize a carpool of theatre geeks from the exact same town to get to another town has just been about three <laughs> days of constant messaging a lot of which is, say, four people saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to leave till after five o'clock on Friday. I'm not going to be able to leave till after five. Oh, I won't get off work till after five. I'm one of the drivers and I won't be able to get away to after five. And then having to come in and go like, um, that's that's a carpool right there. We've got one of the drivers isn't leaving till after five <laughs> and four people who aren't leaving after five. That's It's done. Like, Listen to what everyone else is saying. We, we can get there. We can go. It's It's all good. And yeah, it's just been been a lot of weird organising and sort of like rounding up chickens with heads uh, cut off, sort of just back and forth. So everything that should have been hard with the organisation wasn't, and everything that was uh, should have been easy. And just like we just all hop in a car and we all get down there, um, it's simple. Uh, has not been. So I've been in a very weird headspace uh, this week. Huh. Wow. That sounds super but complicated. On the bright geeky side, I am going to tick something off uh, my geek cred card, which is I've actually never played a game of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which is going to be the main uh, game of the night there. So uh, that, that that's something. I'll, I'll finally wow. tick that off the bucket list. Cool. I'm a you know, a child of the seventies and then you kind of mid teens in the right in the middle of the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, initial craze, which was, there was also a lot of fear. And, you know, I was raised in the North American Baptist church where we didn't, you know, well, in theory, we didn't, you know, play cards, watch movies, dance, or go with girls who do. Um, and my my parents were like absolutely terrified of the idea of a role playing game. And I wasn't I played D D, but I wasn't super into it. But then some my kind of geeky year eight or nine friends decided that we wanted to play the Marvel superheroes role playing game. And my dad was completely freaked out about that because I was going to be the human torch, and he was like, "You're not going to set yourself on fire, are you?" <laughs> Yeah. Yes. You're the reason exactly we got day. Herbie the robot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is post Herbie. Um, the yeah, it was so funny. I just, you know, my, my dad's always been that kind of person who says the really literal things like, "Oh, well, you wouldn't do blah, would you?" The stuff that you just never think of doing, and she's like, "Dad, come on, like you." Uh, but I suppose I, th- I, I have to say, as a parent. I understand how you always, you do tend to go to kind of worst case scenario in your mind, but then you got to learn to like not say it out loud. <laughs> mm, funny. Excellent. And what about you, Mr. Adam? 
Uh, I have not been doing a lot. Um, I just trying to think. There was, there was even a, a weekend. You had a disappointing of run. You had a disappointing uh, yeah. run. Yes, I I expressed my disappointment in you, even though I didn't really understand what it meant, just because you sounded disappointed. So I wanted to reinforce yeah. it. No, it it was yeah, it was an unpleasant run. I was just not feeling great and uh, did not perform well, which is unsurprising when you're not feeling great. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, situation normal, all good, nothing special from my point of view. Hmm. And what about? Has, I was going to say, has anyone uh, purchased or acquired anything? I. You, you go, Eddie. I can tell you're about to go. Go, go, go. Yeah, this is where I've got another rant. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I managed to get uh, a Marvel Legends two pack featuring the um, uh, Hydra Cap and Arnim Zola, and uh, the online toy store that I purchased from. I've purchased a couple of things off them recently. Perfectly fine and good. But they used this courier company that most places don't use. And I understand why they don't use them. Because I actually made this purchase about three weeks ago. Uh, and I only got this item uh, yesterday. It shipped from them very quickly once they uh, had gotten it in and uh, sent it through. And then it spent about two weeks with this courier company. Seemed to take about a fortnight to get it across Australia. Then uh, it uh, was a weird delivery time where they tried to deliver it at like 6.30 on a Thursday night and I was uh, out to dinner. Uh, so I came home. I had one of those weird little card things in the door. Uh, so most courier companies here, um, being a bit of a smaller town, will drop it off at the post office collection. They've got some sort of deal going with them, which is great because the post office is open outside of hours of my working times. But uh, they did not. You had to sort of arrange another delivery date. Uh, so the next arrangeable delivery date wasn't until like five days after. Uh, but I put yes. it through and... I left a note, you know, it's okay to leave behind this thing, da-da-da, on uh, delivery, uh, you know, without signing, da-da-da. It's not that big or super expensive. I was uh, happy to take on the risk just to stop dealing with them. A uh, day before that uh, delivery was meant to happen, I get a text message from them saying, no one was home for second delivery attempt, so we've dropped it off at our, like, parcel partner cartridge world mm. here in this town uh ah. bring the slip we've left for uh identification to collect they hadn't left a slip and that place was not open uh is only open at times that i'm working uh myself so i had to uh, send a friend with that text message notification. And luckily the person in the cartridge world was like, oh, yeah, these guys are hopeless and uh, gave them the package anyway. So I was not too happy about uh, this and uh, did uh, send an email to the original store uh, saying, look, you guys are fantastic. I've got no qualms here, but just a heads up, uh, this is the experience I had with your courier, and if uh, other people are having these same experiences, uh, you might want to get onto them. Uh, 
about it because mm. it might uh, sort of hurt. So yeah, that, that was a bit frustrating. But that's the end of my rants. I'm good. I'm happy now. I'm I'm buzzed. Yay! Yeah. Oh, that that really do you want to reinforces. Yeah, what, that say, really reinforces to... why I have a PO box. Yeah. Now, do you want to turn it into a, like a red card and name and shame, Eddie? It could almost be. I started to wonder if my name was Ben because these are the sort of things that happen to Ben. <laughs> don't happen. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I think that the courier, uh, that, that's nameable and shameable. Yeah, our fast ways courier do not, uh, do not recommend. Oh, uh, ironic business name, obviously. Yeah. I'm just checking one of the deliveries I have coming and making sure it is not via fast ways. Mm. Yeah, slow ways. Hilarious. Yes. I got the Marvel Legends Claw and Shuri 2-pack from Amazon for a crazy good price and can't complain. I oh. really like that, that Shuri figure. That's it's a really nice figure. The and then, um, oh, oh, I got a few. Um, I got a couple like the Black Canary, uh, ACC exclusive pop because it's like classic comic book Black Canary that was fun, and something else that I can't remember. Mm. It'll come back to me. Old age, you're getting old. Yeah, that's true. You, you be acquiring <laughs> anything, Adam? I I got my uh, great Saiyan delivered from Nippon Yasan um, during the last week, and that's kind of a thing that got ordered a long time ago and finally delivered, and it cost a pretty penny being from Nippon Yasan as some kind of exclusivity thing. So I'm happy with that, and I'll open it at some point. Now be very careful with his toes when you do. Okay, they're quite tight or quite loose. Yeah, well, my one had uh, it's very tight on one of the joints. I think there might have been a little bit of a paint sort of stuck on the joint issue because I just slightly went to push it down. It was sort of in the kicked up position, and yep. it just broke straight off. Wow. Uh, yeah. So for Great Man, who isn't the cheapest of the figure arts, it was a bit... Um, it was like a 80 bit or 90 bucks, wasn't he? Yeah, so um yeah, bit bit disappointed in 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 that. Uh, and it's sort of sad. You know, it's one of those things it's like it's actually a fantastic figure. It's really good, but because of that thing, it's just really soured me on him. So I sort of glued it back in and now I've sort of sealed him back up in the box and put him on the shelf and I haven't really got him out and played with him and swapped the heads around and uh done all that just i'm feeling a bit all so this might be one of those cases where we talked about we were having that uh debate on ko figures yep this might be one that if there is a ko of him that comes out i might spend the little bit of money on just to see if the uh you know feet might be fairly all right and i can just sort of pop that off and pop Nothing's some working for you replacement are you sure no. you're not Ben pretending to be Eddie? Any moment your computer's going to start beeping. Yeah. Oh Go God. beep. Beep. I complain oh. about another Iron Man figure coming out <laughs> and how that doesn't match the handbook scale for Hulk's belt size. 
I love you, Ben. I do. Um, you might actually be better off not getting another great salmon and getting like a getting a knockoff Vegeta and swapping the foot out if it's more or less the same size and color, or that and just paint it a different shade of yellow. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's not a bad idea. Because that's what I did for one of my Sailor Moons where the wrist snapped. Mm, pretty good. Mm. We do not condone knockoffs. No. Bad. Mm, cool. Well, if uh, that's everyone done with their acquisitions, uh, how about we take a short break and come back with the first two of the week? Okay. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash AFBlues. Well, welcome back. We are about to hook into our first Toy of the Week. If you are new to the show, Toy of the Week is a regular feature where we go through regular uh, recent acquisitions, favorite toys, something a bit odd from our collection. And uh, first up, is Mr. Eddie. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I am going to be talking about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Wave 1. Uh, so I'm not really going to um, go too in-depth into the figures uh, themselves in terms of articulation and that, because if you've got a Playmates uh, Ninja Turtle figure, you kind of know the basics of them, but this is a weird one. This is one, uh, like many things, particularly at DC Collectibles, I've sort of gone, Ah, oh, look, this is probably not for me, I'm not going to pick them up. And then they hit shells, and I go, like, Oh, maybe I should pick them up. And I then convince myself, uh, that I'm on a action figure podcast, and really it's my duty to pick these things up so that I can talk about them on the show, even though. There are other things that I've never picked up that probably would make for more interesting conversations on the show, but really I'm just trying to find an excuse uh, in which to buy something that I said that I wasn't going to buy. And I did end up picking these Ninja Turtle figures up. Now, for those who don't follow Ninja Turtle news, you might be wondering uh, why it was that I didn't pick these up. These are very stylized uh, in terms of their design on the new cartoon. Uh, Basically what they've done is now every turtle has its own distinct type of turtle. Uh, Originally in the Mirage comics, they were just all red-eared sliders, Uh, but now Leonardo's the red-eared slider, Donatello is a soft shell, Michelangelo's a box turtle, and Raphael is a snapping turtle. And Raphael is my dude. Uh, He's pretty much up there with Deadpool when it comes to favorite characters of mine and characters that I buy a lot of merchandise of. And he was the one that sort of threw me the most because the Snapping Turtle, uh, they're a very interesting uh, creature, but they do sort of look a bit monstrous. And uh, I wasn't really jiving a lot with the look uh, that they'd given him here. Uh, Plus, the other thing they've done is they've given them mystical weapons in this series. So go on a Raphael size, and he has the tonfars that also grow red in this energy beam. Leonardo still has a sword, but uh, his glows with a blue energy. 
And Michelangelo, he's listed as having nunchucks. Now, I don't know my ninja weapons too well, but he's got that one that has sort of three pieces connected by two bits of chain. And he's got ones that are sort of more like maces than uh, nunchucks. So I don't know if any of those are technically the official term for nunchucks that they've swapped it to or if they're different ones. But uh, he's slightly different as well. Uh, there does also seem to be some taking from the Bayverse uh, Ninja Turtles movies. Rap ha- Raph has the full sort of skull cap on his head. Donatello is kind of decked out with the uh, tech gear, so like his uh, backpack and goggles there. And they've also done some other like weird little things, like Leonardo is no longer the leader, Raphael is, and Leonardo is actually a bit more of a sort of wise cracker um so michelangelo's more the class clown whereas leonardo is now more the class comedian uh which is kind of the role raf had in the 87 uh cartoon series so it's it's been a little bit weird of mixing up they did actually put the first episode of the cartoon on youtube for free and i didn't overly gel with it they actually put another episode up uh for free as well a little bit later which i much uh preferred that had them fighting a huge uh variety of their new rogues and villains and that was where it started to click a little bit more for me and i realized this new turtle series is going a lot more for just straight up cartoon comedy it's not really like the 2002 series where they are sort of having more of the comic book mirage story themes or uh, ones like that. This is really um, a comedy series with a little bit of action uh, thrown in for the sake of story. But uh, for the most part, what they're going for is jokes. Like one of the characters uh, is called Warren Stone and he's basically a, uh, the way the foot were a parody of uh, the hand from Daredevil. This guy's a parody of Mr. Mind from Shazam. Uh, but it's Mr. Mind crossed with Donald Trump. And so he's uh, walking around cracking jokes. Or there's the hypno hustler that's Reese Darby's, if you know him, the New Zealand comedian, uh, cracking a lot of New Zealand jokes. And uh, it, it is very much a comedic uh, comedy uh, series. And that allowed me to go like, all right, I'm going to give them a little bit more leeway here. And then the figures came out and... Uh, I gotta say, I do like them. They've actually captured the style of the cartoon uh, really well. Now, Playmates, they generally don't have. I've accidentally activated Siri. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> How did you do that? I think it's because I mentioned Donald Trump. I think I don't know oh if there's gosh. people. Are... Yeah. Conspiracy theory. Uh, so the uh, figures, uh, they do capture the cartoon uh, quite well. Uh, Playmates are not necessarily known for doing uh, heavily detailed figures, but they generally do have some impressive sculpt work on the base where these designs are a lot more simplistic, so they don't really have that level of design that they can go into but uh what they've done is really captured some funky stylings to replicate the 2d design like the shape of raf's head 
is actually really odd. But when you look at it at all angles, it does look like how he would look in the show from profile or front on or uh, from the top down. So uh, it's an impressive work because sometimes when you get these 2D stylings trying to be replicated in 3D, it can cause a bit of havoc, such as uh, Goku's hair was one a lot of early figures had a lot of trouble getting down until they found a way of presenting it well. And they do do that uh, very well here with the figures. They all actually have these very nice matte uh, sort of color paint going on. So they do look like they've just stepped off an animation cell and on there's no real sort of shiny paint going on or anything like that. Uh, The color work on them is actually really nice. And all the turtles are a different shade of green so leonardo's probably the lightest uh michelangelo's a bit more of a soft green uh donatello's a bit of a bright which kind of a brighter dark green if that makes sense uh at all and Raphael is more of an olive green they all their belts are sort of colored uh to their bandana colors instead of having their personal letters Uh, On their belt symbol, they have this sort of weird T design uh, on a shell. And they all come with their weapons in kind of two forms, one that's in a basic form and one that's in an energy glow form. Except for Michelangelo, all of his weapons seem to be in this kind of energy glow uh, hit through. They do also come with, uh, for the most part, a couple of little bits of extra accessories. Uh, so Raphael actually doesn't because he's such a huge uh, figure, but his glowing tonfars also have a glow effect that goes over his uh, fists as part of them. Donatello also has his little drone, uh, but not only that, I kind of actually really like this, but because he's a soft shell turtle, he's also got a fake shell that sits over his back. Uh, to replicate a hard shell for when he's fighting. And you can actually take that off, and he's got uh, a nice soft shell underneath it, uh, which is a very nice touch. little Easter egg there uh, for when you get him out of packet. And his drone actually connects onto uh, the back of his shell, so he can wear it as a backpack. Uh, Leonardo comes with a clear blue skateboard, uh, since he's sort of more paired up with Mikey these days. And Mikey also comes with a skateboard as well as a sticker sheet uh, for that skateboard, so you can decorate it up. Uh, But where I really like these Rise of the TMNT figures is they've gone back to something that I didn't quite realize I was missing, and that's the crazy, wacky mutant side characters. Uh, So there was a little bit of this in the 2012 series, but they were generally more just straight up Here's an animal. So here's a a gorilla. Here's a frog. Here's a fish man. Here's a dog. Uh, But if you remember the original Turtles toy line, you had things such as here's uh, a mountie moose and here's a bounty hunter kangaroo and here's a basketball playing giraffe and, uh, you know, a cat burglar and stuff like that. And that's what seems to be coming out of this line so uh you have this character called meat sweats who's this giant pig 
that sort of turns into um, kind of like if, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing uh, <laughs> level of pieces of meat flying off him, but his head seems to be designed almost like Leon the Assassin, and he's just this great, fun, horrible, disgusting figure uh, with just lots of gross bits coming off of him. Seems to be stuck together with some Band-Aids there on his arm, and he's just just this vile piece of designer absolutely love him uh the foot soldier is uh what's known as an origami uh ninja uh so in this series the foot soldiers are crafted out of origami ninja stars that sort of pop out and they're kind of these paper warriors so he's kind of designed with all these like weird angles and folds uh, to him and same with his weapons they all look like they're sort of origami and paper craft uh, which is some cool design and we get the new main bad of this series so so far shredder actually hasn't appeared uh, we have this new character called lord draxon who's like this weird kind of space devil uh, and he's got uh, two creatures that sit on his shoulder uh, munch and hunger and he has these mosquitoes that actually carry mutagen around. And his evil goal is to create as many mutants as possible. So these mosquitoes fly around with mutagen, bite people, and they're turning into other forms of right. mutants. Weirdly, he's also voiced by John Cena in the cartoon, uh, which is a uh, very weird choice for your big bad uh villain he's not horrendous i don't know if i'll be you know excited to see him doing more voice work in the future but it's not as bad uh as it sounds he's actually a much more interesting villain uh than i would have thought in the little pieces i have seen uh not as much as characters like meat sweats or um uh hypnopotamus uh but he basically creates a plot reason to keep having all these wacky, crazy mutant creatures uh, that keep popping up for the turtles to fight. Uh, and that's where we're getting more weird things coming down the line in uh, this toy series. So uh, if you were on the fence, um, I definitely recommend uh, having a look, checking them out in stores. In terms of actual figures, they're pretty good. Like it's it's sort of hard to compare these to the last series that come out, but actually holding these figures in hand, they feel like better figures to me um, for lack of specific detail. The plastic feels strong. These feel like figures that were made to be played with. You wouldn't have any trouble giving this to a 10-year-old and them to bang it together. The plastic is nice and solid. The joints are movable, but they're in tight. Nothing's going to be popping out or uh, coming through. And I actually picked these up right around Christmas time uh, last year. And they've basically spent a lot of time on my coffee uh, table in my man cave. And I do sort of find myself picking them up and uh, posing them around. Uh, now, I said I wasn't really going to talk much about articulation, but I should mention they are actually far more articulated than 
really any Playmates figures of the Turtles we've gotten before except for the Classics uh, series that they tried to do. So you've got a lot of leg motion. They're sort of cuts and swivel joints uh, all throughout. No real ball joints apart from the head, uh, but a lot of cut and swivels like you'd find in sort of shoulder joints for the shoulders, the hips, uh, you know, uh, cuts and swivels at uh, the knees and the elbows, swivels at the wrists, um, and also cuts and swivels at the ankles. So you can actually get a lot more uh, posability and uh, different sort of action and particularly uh, ninja fight posing going on with these turtles than you have with really any other turtles based off a cartoon series from Playmates uh, so far. So I got to give them a bounce for that because that's something that has often been lacking with the Playmates Turtles over the years. And, of course, if you're someone like me who's picked up sort of every iteration of the Turtles as they've been made by Playmates because they've held the license for uh, going on the 30 years now, uh, that's um, you've, you've sort of got a nice collection of all these different stylings and types. Uh, so I do recommend if you were on the fence like I was, give them a shot. They're not anything high-end. They're something you're going to want to pick up for 10 or so dollars, which uh, these guys actually were. I believe they were $12 each a figure here, Australian, uh, as I was picking them up and grabbing them, which is actually really cheap uh, for an Australian figure uh, these days from a main line. So they're not going to break the bank uh, at all. And I'm sure as it grows and we get a lot more crazy mutants, could end up being a very fun line to collect. Cool. Um, how do the pizza points work? So the pizza points, I'm not 100% sure on because we didn't get those here in Australia. So for those who don't know what Adam's referring to uh, is on the images that I've given them. They're from a US website. So it does have uh, the pizza points. Now, in the old day, you used to be able to mail these away uh, for things like carrying cases, I believe, and bits and bob like that. Uh, they used to just sort of be like a piece of cardboard you'd cut out on the back. So the old 80s turtles, I used to cut those pizza pieces out and just use them as pizza accessories uh, for my turtles. So I'd have a whole bunch. But the new versions, I'm not too sure uh, what's going on with those, but uh, we're not allowed to find out here in Australia or at least use them. Hey. <laughs> We're pizza pointless. Uh, yeah. uh, Feel free to send me pizza for anyone who feels bad. Or points. No, or just pizza. the pizza. <laughs> I'm one of those horrible pineapple pizza people too. There's nothing horrible me. about it. I know. I don't. I don't pizza. Think. Anyway. Um. Well, yeah, that was fantastic. I think this looks like it's going to be uh, a very interesting line to see where they go with some of these other different creatures they come out with. Um, in terms of if you wanted to army build with the, the origami ninjas, so they're not a chase figure or anything like that, they're pretty readily available? Yeah, no, they do seem to be. Now, I think the biggest problem is, is shockingly, I don't know if this is more to do with maybe the numbers that stores have ordered in, uh, but these guys hit just before Christmas here, and they have moved pretty quickly 
uh, from stores. So there are a couple um, that have lingered. Now, I actually haven't picked up uh, Splinter or April. Uh, April seems to be lingering and Donnie uh, also seems to be lingering because this is weird uh, inside a baseball thing I learned um, with the 2012 series. But apparently Donatello is the worst selling of the Ninja Turtles which is weird because you speak to a lot of the hardcore fans and a huge number of them seem to have Donnie as their favorite. But when it comes to general Joe Q public, uh, Donnie is uh, not the biggest mover. So he's lingering a little bit, um, but the rest tend to move uh, pretty quickly once they're in stock. So uh, the origami, Ninja is just as available as the other ones, but uh, he does seem to uh, disappear or fold away. And they have in the second wave that's just started hitting also have the foot lieutenant. Uh, so, And he's the guy who sort of creates the origami soldiers and sends them out. So potentially people are going to be picking up more of them as well while they're picking up him. Excellent. Well, Radical. We take, indeed. We will take a short break and come back with our second toy of the week. Savage is attacking! What we take is Mr. Silo! We'll rule the world, General Warhawk! We need Rambo! Rambo! The force of freedom! Here's a present, Havoc! Wow! Rambo, the Ivy! Warhawk! Rambo, my sword! Look out! Rambo and General Warhawk with their battle action weapons, each sold separately. Well, Adam likes to buy and review things that are hard to pronounce. Uh, I, th- I think it was an interest when we started the podcast, and now it's an obsession. Uh, and I'm not quite sure if it's the toys or the fact that I have difficulty pronouncing them that is most appealing to him. Uh, but I don't know that we'll find that out in this particular review. I'm sure, however, we'll find out about the toy. So, Adam, over to you for the latest unpronounceable thing. Thank you much, Lee. So this week I am looking at the SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Kamehsenen. Uh, for those who are going, how, what now? I've watched all of Dragon Ball and don't know that character. This is Master Roshi. Kamehsenen is his name in Japanese. Um, so it's another Bandai release. This one came out in 2018 from memory, and I only got mine earlier this year because reasons. Um, so start with some basics um, as far as cost. It's a $60 US item. The box is fairly standard for a Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z figure arts, so it's got the kind of three-quarters window box. Uh, it's got Kamehsenen on the front in colour, a couple little different detail poses on the side and top in black and white, and some more detailed action posey options on the back. Kamehsenen's theme, the colour, because they all seem to have a, a theme colour in terms of background colour and uh, backing card, is green. Uh, so for those that want to make sure they've got a nice bit of green in their box collection, here's one for you. Uh, you open it up, there is the main tray with the figure and all his lovely accessories. It has its little cover that sits on top. Underneath that, there is a figure stand, uh, which has some purposes apart from just doing jumpy poses, which we'll talk about in a bit. 
Um, behind the card is your instructions for playing with Dolly. And this one you actually probably want to take a bit of a look at. There are a few things I didn't realize were going on, uh, and there are a few things I just wanted to check before I started breaking things. Um, so well worth having a look at those this time around. The figure itself is Master Roshi in his orange uh, Chinese dress shirt kind of setup and blue pants with his little karate slippers on. Uh, he does not come pre-wearing a shell, but there is one packed in as an accessory. He does not come with um, force-attached sunglasses, though they are an accessory you can put on him. I appreciate both of those things. There are um, two heads and they have different eye lines, different eyebrow lines, and there is a swap out mouth and beard, um, which I think was very interesting. It's one of the things I didn't pick up on straight away. Um, so we can talk about that in a tick. As far as the figure itself, it has all the kind of articulation points I expect from a figure arts in the Dragon Ball line these days. So it's got the um, the ball joint at the head, the ball joint at the base of the neck. It has the butterfly articulated shoulder. It has an additional uh, shoulder cut. It has a large disc or, yeah, pretty much pin-based um, articulation at the elbow. And it's interesting because it's actually a very large ball, which makes sense. Roshi's not in the best shape anyone's ever been in. Uh, he's not in the worst shape, but uh, he's an old bloke. He's several hundred years old. Um, so he does not have any real muscle definition to speak of at all in this figure. And so basically it's just a, a straight line down through his, his sleeve. So it's just a big fat ball really, that's the joint. So it's one of those they probably could have put an actual full ball joint in there and would have some more articulation. Uh, then you have a ball-jointed wrist with swap-out hands. That is quite sunken back inside the cuff of his sleeve. I haven't tried swapping hands out, but I suspect a bit of a bugger to uh, get new hands on there. Um, on that line of thought, I was actually thinking, I think it's the Pat Lavelle figures or one of the mech lines has um, on some figures a wrist that can actually extend out of the, essentially um, for them it would be a, an arm housing but out of a sleeve. And I can't help but think that would have been a good thing to have here so that you could have kind of a, looks like he's, you know, just chucked his sleeve down a bit for getting ready to fight someone. Um rather than just always having his hand mostly hidden inside his sleeve. Um, there's a top of torso cut with a ball joint. There is a bottom of torso cut with a ball joint. The solid plastic on the gi stops just around, or not gi, um, shirt stops just around the waistline, and then the kind of skirt pleat area is a soft uh, plastic or rubber um it's a slightly very slightly lighter shade of orange than the rest of the shirt um but that allows him to actually have legs that can kick up and and whatnot uh which is very useful he has got the um newer articulation for the crotch but having chunky legs um it doesn't look as awful as it does on some of the others where it looks like you you do kind of a cry for a jean-claude van damme side slip and suddenly the legs go out to the side and there's these two pieces I've never seen on a human being that are like, you know, 
two pistons coming out the side of their, their leg and into their crotch. Uh, that pretty much gets hidden partly by the skirt and partly because it doesn't look so unnatural on a big chunky leg. Uh, he has the double-jointed, double-pinned knee uh, and a ball-jointed ankle with a toe cut with just a simple pin for articulation. So as far as articulation, it's pretty good. Um, you're not going to get super high kicks out of Roshi. Um, I think that's more the um, hard base of his shirt than the pleating stopping him. Uh, it's a bit disappointing because he can actually do those in the series, um, but it's not that bad in terms of, um, you know, he's an old guy. I don't have to see him kicking everyone in the nuts or anything. That's fine. Um, so if we start talking about some of the, the swap-out parts, because this is where I think this figure and the discussion starts becoming interesting. So things I've found interesting so far was taking the head off was fine, getting the head back on. Uh, I had a lot of difficulty because it's a long um, peg from the top of the, the neck to the ball joint and then that into the base of his skull. I found that that was uh, difficult to get it to stay upright long enough for me to quickly get the head back on, but eventually I managed to get it without breaking anything. So I will take that as a win and not swap heads again. Um, the two heads, uh, so I haven't really talked about it. One is essentially um, kind of a more droopy eyes, um, just raised eyebrows. One is kind of a um, more serious eye, more level eyes with raised eyebrow, um, and that's the one I'll put back on. As far as swap out uh, stash beard mouth, he comes by default with uh, mouth closed. The other one is you could view it alternatively as uh, talking, yelling, or the way I prefer to, to view it is uh, leering, um, <laughs> since Roshi is quite a lecher. Um, and so it's basically his mouth agape with a couple of teeth showing. Yeah, and he has a couple of teeth. Um, and I've left that one on the head that I am not using and I've gone for the uh, mouth close to give him a bit, a bit of uh, gravitas. Uh, so I thought that was a really good touch. I was kind of looking at otherwise going, wow, they, they really didn't give us much in terms of portrait manipulation. Um, appreciating this is otherwise still a lot of uh, unique sculpting probably. Um, but that I appreciate. I think having that kind of lech mouth option um there's a few other things i think could have been improved or added as accessories like if you'd had like a the ability to add a drool side effect um or a face where he was blushing i think that or a blood nose effect all would have been excellent to go with that mouth um they're all classic roshi um so that was fractionally disappointing but accepted uh going to the shell the shell is frustrating. It's a really nice shell, no doubt about it. Um, it's, it's as far as I can tell, unique sculpting. So I know um, we've had figure arts turtles. This is not the same shell. This is a correct uh, Roshi shell. It's a nice lavender color. It has back straps to put it over his shoulders. It also has a, um, a little attachment prong that comes out the back of it that plugs into his back. That's the, the feature I like most about this shell. Um, so that, that plug or 
that comes out, allows it to attach firmly. You don't actually need the straps. The straps are for show. The straps probably don't really hold the shell that well. They are a pain in the butt, or I found anyway, to get over the shoulder um, and into the, the plug holes. I found the best option was to attach one of them, slip his arm through, and then plug the other one in. Um, and I kind of I kind of feel like it would have been better if it was a softer um, plastic or a rubber. I know the rubber would perish, but I would have felt less like I was going to break things. Um, so that was disappointing. They come off as soon as you try and remove the shell, which is fine. Like they're not they're not designed to hold weight. They're designed to release quickly, so you don't break them, which is good. Uh, if you're not using the shell, which thing I've, I've now taken it off. There is a little swap out plug um, that you plug in to the back of the figure uh, to fill in the gap, which I think is actually a really, like it's really cheap, it wouldn't cost them much, and it's a really good um, way to improve the aesthetics of the figure when you're, you're not going to put him on with the shell. I found getting that little plug back out to be um, frustratingly difficult a couple of times. Um, so I think once that goes in, just be prepared that you might want to leave it there for a while. Uh, the other thing about the shell is if you do want to use a figure stand, um, and PS with the shell, if you want him to stand really upright or do any kind of, um, dynamic posing, you are going to need it because the shell makes him extremely top heavy. Um, there are two little, um, clips in the back on the inside of the back of the shell you just kind of squeeze them or push them in and the middle section of the back of the shell comes out there's a hole that the uh, figure stand plugs into so you don't have to worry about trying to clip it onto his legs or his crotch or other weird areas just just do the right thing by the the figure um which is good i like it but it's also another one of those okay well i'm getting basically a front or you know, mostly front-on shot um, of Roshi now because the shell is not going to look quite right, um, excepting that, yeah, if you can see a figure stand, it probably doesn't look quite right anyway. But that's pretty good. Um, the other thing with the shell is it's not a hard plastic. It's actually quite soft. So you don't have to worry about breaking it if you're trying to bend it and uh, to make things happen. So I think that's a good option as well. Um, other things about this, uh, as far as the base figure, um, I've noticed that the, and this is one of those you can notice with a lot of the figure arts, is the, the top torso joint ball, um, you can actually separate it up a bit, which gives him a bit more height, provided that you're willing to, you know, make a sacrifice somewhere else on the figure in terms of appearance. Um, so just balance that how you need. But I think that's a really good thing. The sunglasses. Now, the sunglasses, I said, they're not moulded on. You can fit them over the face. They sit snugly on the ears and the nose. They can take a little bit of time to get them to line up properly um, so that they don't look like they're askew. But alternatively, if you want to have a Roshi's just embarrassed himself or been slapped across the face by a woman, again, a regular occurrence, you can actually set them up so that they are hanging off of one ear across his face or just hanging off uh, one ear and not at all on his face, and they achieve that look pretty well as well. Um, so I think that's a really great addition. And I'm glad that they gave us that option. That's basically the figure. And the rest of the things we have to talk about are the accessories. So being Roshi, he comes with his, uh, his cane that uh, is just sculpted in a single shade of brown plastic. 
He comes with the three-star Dragon Ball. So for those that have been following along, we are getting a Dragon Ball with every one of the Dragon Ball figures. So we've had so far... Goku had one, Bulma had one, Roshi had one, Shenron had one. Um, I think that's it so far, isn't it? I think Tenshin Han or Yamcha had one. Um, so we're slowly getting towards the seven Dragon Balls as we go through the, the set. Um, so that's a nice addition. And the other and predictable addition is the swap out hands. So Roshi comes equipped with punchy hands. He has a couple of gropey, or well, really only one full-on gropey hand, which is a left hand. He has a couple of um, pointing hands, one for left and one for right. He has a right hand and a left hand capable of holding the cane. Uh, he has a couple of grappling hands. He has a couple of, well, one that's the um, that's a right hand with just all fingers uh, extended and thumb tucked in nicely. And he has a left hand that's kind of more of a kung fu grip kind of hand. And he has a victory uh, left hand, so essentially a peace sign. Um, so a decent amount of swap outs. I like that they have varied them left to right so that uh, we've got a couple where you can have symmetric left and right hands, but otherwise trying to balance out, look, there's just a variety and they're not all on one hand. They're on a different uh, selection of hands either side so that we do still have... Um, a balance to the, the number of hands on each side. So overall, um, I'm actually pretty impressed with this figure. I think the the downsides are, you know, things where it's it's in an accessory that you don't have to use um, or a feature you don't have to use. I think that they're manageable. I think they're things you can work around. I think that they're also things where to improve them significantly would have added a, a lot of cost and to keep this figure to a reasonable price um, and I'm saying $60 is a reasonable price for this figure I think they've done a really good job um, there's a lot of unique sculpting there's a lot of fun factor in this figure um, and I think that the things that you know we I've mentioned we could have had um, would have been excellent they also would have driven the cost up but there are also things where I think a lot of them, if we really wanted to, we could probably do uh, a special effect part for ourselves fairly cheaply from things like using silicon or, or what have you. Um, and it wouldn't be difficult uh, to do that. So I think overall this is a, a really good figure. I think it's another really good addition to the Dragon Ball specific line. Um, in terms of scale, this would scale... I don't think it would scale quite right. I think it's probably a little too tall um, to put with Bulma, but it's um, probably about the right height to go with a Goku, um, the kid Goku that we got. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think this is pretty good. I reckon it's worthy of at least nine out of ten dollies. Very cool. Now, were you... I, I had this weird thing. I don't know if you had the same where because Goku was oversized, were you expecting Roshi to be a much bigger figure when you got him? Um, not really because I accept that Goku, the kid Goku is just way too big. Um, and I think that's kind of the problem is they got one figure off and it's just skewed the whole scaling. But if you try and put Roshi 
in context with most of the other Dragon Ball Z figures, he's actually a little bit too big. Like he's probably most of the way to being um, Vegeta's height, which is probably not right. Um, mm-hmm. It's also because that shirt adds a lot of bulk to his um, his frame, essentially. Where if you did, you know the the other classic Roshi look of um, boxer, sh- essentially boxer or swimmer shorts and a, a tank top, um, he'd probably like he'd, he'd have to be a much smaller figure um, just to fit that. And it's also, I guess, that he he's not really hunched over so much. Like if you actually put him in more of a hunching pose or a hunching squatting pose, he probably shrinks down to around about the right height. Um, yeah, he'd be about the right height then, but I think he's still, because of that shirt and the pants, he looks a bit fat and chunky. Um, but I think it's the right dimensions, don't get me wrong, um, in terms of proportionally, I just think he's a little bit too big. And do you reckon they went with this outfit for the possibility of, uh, now forgive me, my Dragon Ball knowledge isn't as good as my Dragon Ball Z, but is it Jackie Chun? Yes, it is. Um, Yes, you could cheaply do a Jackie Chun off of this. You would just change the colour scheme pretty much um, and be set. And then you'd just change the, give him, you know, a full head of hair. Um, Spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen or read the the series. Yeah, I've only had about 30 years now. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Very cool. I like it. And, uh, I mean, it's interesting, uh, different in, you know, of just not just the kind of standard sort of reuse that I see, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, a bit. Have you like picked up on that? Yeah, just a little. Like, so, you know, yeah, it's very good. Very good. Thanks, Adam. Uh, you can talk about more of these anytime. And in the meantime, we're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to talk about things, and you can't stop me. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, coming back from our break, we have Scotty wrapping up our trifecta of Toys of the Week. So over to you, Scotty. Am, am, wait, am I rapping? I'm yeah. really not good at that. I think I could probably beatbox. <laughs> 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 probably, you can whoopee cushion box, apparently. <laughs> That's my specialty. Okay, so for the second week in a row, I am reviewing a Mezco 112 collective figure. Last week, Ben and I did a toy breakdown of the Marvel uh, classic Iron Man, which got rave reviews. And at the same time as I received my Iron Man, I also received the 112 collective DC Darkseid figure. And 
that I have saved for this episode. So this is a, a 2019 release and acquisition, and this is the latest in the DC comic character line of these figures. If you don't know what Mezco 112 is, these are uh, six-inch scale action figures, highly articulated, but with a high level of uh, detail in the sculpts and cloth costumes and pieces, etc. So it's kind of like six-inch hot toys, you know, in a sense. So I've been really interested in how this figure is going to turn out for a couple of reasons. Obviously, Darkseid is a you know a rather iconic uh, villain. The I, I'm really enjoying this line, as anyone who's listened to the podcast uh, would know. I think that once you get characters that are from obviously very different scales coming out, very different sizes, it's really kind of interesting to see how they scale with other figures. And then also there's some new and really interesting techniques and materials that have been used in putting this figure together. So I've been keenly awaiting it. Uh, I am glad that it's this is you know a, a time where I'm glad that some things from Mezco take longer to come out than you might expect because this one required some saving because it was not cheap. It's about 180 US, and so you know that's essentially about four billion Australian dollars at the moment, and uh, you know it's complicated. The the packaging most of the Mezco packages are a standard cardboard box with a slide-off uh, um, cover. There are exclusives that come in tins. Now, while Darkside was not an, like a previous exclusive or a convention exclusive, he comes in the collect a collector's tin. And I think one of the main reasons for that is simply his size and also the weight of this figure because this is quite a heavy figure and there's a really cool and I, I tried to show as much of it as I could in my photo album the when you first open it there's just a, a layer of black foam and then when you open it again the the figure there's a cutout for the figure but there's actually like a little dark side shaped foam man sitting on top of dark side so you take that off as well uh, so he, he's very snugly protected in this. I think that was a great way, considering the weight and the, the composition of the figure, I think it was a great way to package it to ensure that it would uh, travel safe and also store safe as well. Uh, so I'll just go through what is in the package as a starting point and then uh, go through the, the details of each one as we go. So obviously... We have the figure. Uh, he is eight inches tall, so uh, tower towering above your Superman and Green Arrow and quote unquote normal size figures. And then he comes with four one head, but four swap out faces. I'll talk about the construction of it in a moment and go through the details of each one. Uh, a total of five hands. He comes with an optional cape with uh, shoulder pelmets. It's quite an interesting 
construction. And then he comes with a mother box as well, which actually can be held in one of his, uh, one of the hand sculpts, but also can attach as a magnet to the front of his belt, which is really cool. So as I mentioned, there's some new techniques here, and the main one is the use of polystone for some of the parts of this sculpt. So from from what I can tell, quite a bit of this figure is not plastic. It has actually been produced in polystone uh, resin, which is um, what a, a lot of um, statues uh, that we collect are made out of. So that uh, th I was really interested to see, first of all, what that was going to look like, but then also how that might impact articulation because, you know, the notion is, oh, this is like what an articulated kind of statue, like is that going to, you know, impede um, the the movement, etc. Uh, it, it really doesn't. It's actually quite impressive the way that this has um, come together. So the, the, the removable uh, face plates are all... Uh, appear to be polystone um, cast. Th definitely his uh, arms and legs with the kind of you know, rocky complexion are polystone. His torso, while it has got a fabric costume over it, is very heavy, so I, I feel like the majority of the sculpt is actually has been done in polystone, and uh, his boots and gloves as well um, appear to uh, have that sort of finish. So this is quite a solid, uh, heavy figure. It's you know twice the weight at least of say a Marvel Legends builder figure, which might be kind of the same sort of size. The face plates are very easy to swap on and off, and uh, they fit into a his helmet with the base for the chin holding part of it in there. There are magnets to hold it in place, and then the other uh, element of this is it comes with a light up feature, uh, which his eyes can light up, and all four of the head sculpts show that off in, in different ways. It, it is very cool. It's a tiny bit fiddly to actually install the batteries because you need a teeny tiny screwdriver. I talked about this last week with Iron Man as well. It's this exact same uh, contraption. But then once you do get that open, the two tiny little watch batteries fit in very easily. And then you uh, remove the head to actually switch the power on or off. So thankfully it all comes off and goes back together fairly easily so it's not as cumbersome as it sounds and the light is really bright. So the it, it's just a you know, normal white light but then the the all of the eyes in the head sculpts have a red filter on it so what you get is red which is very cool. In terms of the faces we have two kind of resting faces, one with a little bit of a smirk and one with a little bit more of a serious expression. Uh, and both of those have then the the eyes uh, glowing red when you have the light up feature on. Then we have a battle damaged uh, face sculpt and that is really cool because he's got some pretty extensive damage to the left side of his 
uh, forehead and the red light shines through it all. So it's kind of like his head is on fire. It's pretty groovy. And then the, the coolest swap out face that you could think of is a face that has Omega beams coming out of it. So I was really happy to see that this was a whole swap out panel and not just things to stick in his eyes, which some Superman you know, figures have come with in which don't tend to work uh, very well. The Omega Beams are, they're uh, translucent, so the light up feature works through them. Um, they're, you know, they're, fairly, they're very sturdy uh, as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest bashing them against the table, but in terms of just your, your average use, they're, they're, they are just really insanely cool, and they zig and zag as all good Omega Beams do. So the the face panels are really easy to switch on and off. The magnetic stuff and, and light-up features work really well, and there's a kind of a nice range of expressions and different light-up features to make them all super cool. The swap-out hands are, as I said, there are five of them. So we have fists, which is what he comes uh, packaged with, and then sort of uh, holding things, uh, hands, and your kind of typical power, uh, you know, ha ha ha, I'm an evil genius hands. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a better explanation for them than that. The, the hands come on and off fairly easy, but I have found actually that I don't know if maybe the, the hand pegs like are not, the wrist pegs are not quite long enough, but they don't snap on super securely so i do have the the left hand is a little bit prone to dropping uh it's not a it's not a major issue but just really need to make sure it's on tight because you don't just automatically get a a snap there his tunic is fabric it is i think it looks like it's been sewn on it's very snug and the top of his tunic is sculpted, so that's what's holding the fabric uh, in place. His belt is a slip-on piece uh, that, as I said, can have the mother box attached to it magnetically. Um, and then the other the other accessory is the really cool cape with the big shoulder pelmets that actually sits, you know, goes on over. You've got to remove his head to put it on. Um, and, uh, but then it's, it's pretty snuggly and he still gets a decent amount of arm movement despite, uh, having the, the shoulder pelmets on. So my other question then was how the articulation on this would work with the, the use of the polystone. You know, this has been something that has just really amazed me about these figures each time I have, uh, reviewed one is that they are superposable and the polystone does not inhibit the you know, articulation and movement of this figure. It does mean that, you know, he is a bit heavier, but he's, he's well weighted. Uh, so, you know, his legs and boots are quite heavy and that means that, you know, he's not, uh, falling over. He's got really good, uh, kind of reach in terms of his, um, arm articulation uh the, he's got a fantastic ball jointed neck so no trouble getting 
uh, a lean or a tilt, and the helmet doesn't really restrict at all, which is great. Um, the shoulders are just like simple rotating hinge joints. They work fine. The arms aren't too heavy, uh, and so they, they don't cause them to drop. You can keep them posed, which is great. Um, there isn't a bicep cut, and so that there's a little bit of extra, I guess a little bit of loss of movement uh, there, but it's, uh, I, I, I don't, it, it, it means that you can't move the arm as far across the body as you might with a, a bicep cut, uh, but that's fine. The, the elbows and wrists are just your normal rotating hinges. Um, so, yeah, it's a it. it I, I I'm not finding it super limiting for the way that I want to pose it. But then I'm not the articulation uh, master either, so other people might find this a little bit more um, restrictive. Um, the, the the torso crunch. I'm not sure if it's actually there or not. If it is, it's really restricted by the the costume. Um, no, I think it is there, but it is it is a bit restricted uh, as well. Um, hips, knees. Ankles, they're probably all about what you would uh, expect. And uh, he can almost kind of sit. The hips aren't going to... Oh, no, they're pretty good, actually, but they, they won't allow that completely naturally. But I, I think he's he's definitely better than I expected. Um, and I, I'm not feeling like there's anything negative because of the, the heavier materials that I use. So... That I think it probably covers the, the the main pieces. I guess you know the main question, which is in the eye of the beholder, is whether or not uh, he's worth the price and the difference in price between this and a normal quote unquote one twelve figure. The there's a lot to him. Uh, he's not as accessory heavy as some, but then he's got obviously a lot of. Uh, really detailed, um, uh, you know, bespoke sculpting to go with it, and a light up feature, um, which is very cool. Um, in in Australia, you're definitely you're looking at the two seventy mark for this, and I I do think that this will be a popular figure, which means that the the price will go up in the secondary market fairly quickly. So if you're at all thinking of doing it, do it while you can still order it or after pay it or uh whatever um please don't like steal anything to to pay for toys that's that's when you know you're super duper have a problem the uh <laughs> the uh part of oh, oh sorry the, obviously the obligatory uh stand which i just can't see myself needing with this figure uh is um there the uh, the obligatory um, uh, like figure stand is there, but and I think this is gonna perhaps shake the foundations of the uh, the, the the ziplock bag that normally comes with these is not present. <gasps> dun dun dun. Interestingly, though, the base is kind of wrapped in a plastic bag, but it's not the same. So. Wow, serious cost cutting at Mezco. It's lucky you're gonna have to put it back in the slots in the normal case. I know. <laughs> um, but like, look, you I, know where I, they were when you got it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, uh, this to me is just magical and I will definitely get some photos with Superman, etc. I, li- I like just reviewing the figure on its own merit first, but then uh, I've been trying to work towards getting these actually properly displayed. But um, this is <laughs> super fun. I, I, uh, oh, am I going to... I'm not going to take any points off for the lack of the Ziploc plastic bag. Um, I think you should. <laughs> well, less generous people would, but but what, what was the th- what was the thing that I did complain a little bit about? Gosh, I like this so much, I can't remember. The bicep cut not being there. Oh yeah, that's not a huge deal to me. But I, you know, I do think that if you're an articulation Nazi, you might miss that. Um, the the slightly loose wrist peg. I think that's probably just something that you know I need to. Uh, just press harder. So I've got to give this guy 10 out of 10. It's pretty amazing. And gosh, I'm loving this line. Thank you, Mesco. Thank you, everybody. Cool. How's the um, tunic being uh, fabric and not having like a cut? How does that impact his hip movement? Uh, it look not terribly. I mean, I don't think that he, and I'm not sure whether this is just the, the tunic, but I don't think. I think if you wanted him to like sit in a chair, that could be really difficult because you're not going to get that kind of full bend at the waist. And the, his belt, which is a a hard, almost sculpted um, piece, actually restricts that a little bit as well. If anything, the tunic could almost be a tiny little bit short. Just <clears throat> excuse me. In terms of the the length, once you start moving the the leg around but it's a it's an interesting fabric it's got kind of a a bit of a plasticky sort of you know very durable feel to it very cool thank you for that scotty we will take a short break and come back with some feedback and wrap up the episode It's the Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures sold separately. The collector's case holds 24 Star Wars action figures, like Stormtrooper, R5-D4, and Snaggletooth. It comes with two plastic trays to keep them in. Or you can turn the trays over and display all your figures in action poses. You can pack up Star Wars action figures and take them with you. The Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner. Well, before we finish off the episode, we'd like to share some feedback that we've gotten from our listeners with you. Uh, for those of you that are super keen on communicating with us, there are so many ways these days of uh, catching up with us, so many. There's uh, Facebook. You can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. We have the tweets going. Uh, we have the Facebook uh, community going. Um, I believe the forum is still about the place. You know, mm-hmm. there's heaps of ways. Um, I can't remember if the uh, Insta is still going, but oh, you know, yeah. if Luke's doing with Instagram, yep, excellent. And if uh, you know people really really get into it, they they might for instance to set up a, a Pinterest or a Snapchat or something and mm-hmm. see what happens. Maybe even a grinder. A what, Scotty? We could get a Snapchat streak going. Oh my goodness! Yes. Well, I I yeah, I don't know. Oh. Enough of my. Enough of my life is already governed by Snapchat, even though I don't have it. Because uh, now I have, now, r- right now I have three teenage girls that are all addicted and obsessed. 
with the that, that's the secret. See, this is the secret to it. Once you join Snapchat and start doing these That'll things, leave. yeah, that's <laughs> how you end this cycle. Then they'll move to the next thing. What's that? Yeah, laser oh, crab. Laser crab. Yeah, you know what All right. So uh, before we get too sidetracked, how about uh, Eddie? You give us our first bit of feedback. Yes, most certainly. So this comes from Dana Granger, and they say. I oh, love everything. Back, back up, back up, back up, back up. It's a five-star review from iTunes. I was going to get to that. Oh, spoilers. We're saving that for the we end. We say it. Oh, um, oh sorry. Uh, oh, we, we, can, we, can, we can go back and cut that out if you really want to just, yeah, just start again. Start again. In case mm-hmm. if you want to go for yeah. it. <sighs> Uh, so this comes from Dana Granger, and they say, I love everything about this show. The hosts are fun and obviously are great friends who like talking to each other, which makes this fun to listen to. And they are passionate about things they collect, meaning that I am often enjoying hearing about something I wouldn't otherwise have been interested in. And I must confess, I have brought a thing or two way outside my normal wheelhouse because I hear these guys talk about it. Keep up the good work too. And they rewarded us with a lovely five-star ratings on iTunes uh, with this message, which is always greatly appreciated because it helps other people find the show. Very good. Fantastic. And can I always say, I always love... Uh, the amount of feedback we get where people say that, you know, we've sort of introduced them to things outside their wheelhouse because it's definitely happened uh, to me on the show itself. Like I was not <laughs> collecting SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Z till I came across Adam. So uh, it's hurt my wallet too. You're, you guys aren't the only ones who <laughs> get injured there. Oh, so funny. Uh, I've got two things. Um, First of all, I have an email from Eric who says, I just recently started listening to the show again after having listened a while ago. Guys, it's a great show. I love toys and I love hearing people's opinions on them. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Eric. And then also today I saw a tweet from uh, our friend Brian C. Williams listening to episode 347 saying, I'm learning about computer beep code. And yes, we know that the, <laughs> the, the beep of Ben's computer is becoming uh, the fifth host. And uh, we, um, yeah. <laughs> you get it at same Facebook account so it can post. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We should totally do that. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> computer. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, far out. Yeah, no, we think it's as annoying as you do. So we, we understand. We understand. Uh, but, you know, you know Ben. He's, he's done everything he can. Everything he can, man. Yeah. He's got the graphs to show everything he's done. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I would yeah. also like to point out that all all that you are hearing is the ones that I can't edit out because they happen while people are talking. Because I edit out all the ones that uh, happen when no one's talking, um, or you know, in gaps. It's yeah. Now I'm ranting. Please. 
Excellent. My job. Yeah. Robber, robber, robber. Well, rhubarb, well, rhubarb. That's the end of the show. <laughs> we love you, Ben. Thanks for hosting, Adam. It's always fun to have you in charge. Thank you. Yeah. It's very I don't relaxed. do it that often because I because I don't do it that often. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that, that's a good reason not to do it often. Yeah, I think it's just I don't get in the groove, so I just go, ah, that's fine. Yeah, but it'd be weird if you were like, I don't do this often because I do it all the time. That would be confusing. That would be yeah, yeah. That would be. A I conflict. should try that as my excuse next time. <laughs> see who see whose brain breaks. What? Pro- oh, maybe it'll break Ben's computer. Mm. Oh well, we've got plenty of time to think about that. We should go away now. Yep, cool. Have a good night. Good journey. <laughs> good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall, our ad music is by Scott Holmes, the AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Welcome, you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 349. I'm Adam. Oh, crap. Five, four, <laughs> three. Don't be that disappointed in yourself. That, that's what we say. When you say I'm Adam, we say, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.